Here we go. Episode 6 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo. Alongside me, I have John Michael Masiri. Jam, how you doing today? Good. A lot of, lot of unload today. A lot to unload. Baseball in a little bit with some basketball. We have to start off, though, first with we're going to get to the NFL draft. We're going to do a list, and we're going to do save it or hate it. But first, let's start off with this Aaron Rodgers news. He wants out of Green Bay. This came, I mean, Adam Schefter dropped the bomb on us mm-hmm. hours before the NFL draft on Thursday. He wants the general manager gone. He feels disrespected by the Jordan Love pick last year. And just overall, they haven't helped him out. They haven't given him any weapons. And he's he's fed up. This whole situation's a little fishy to me. Like, the timing of it, all the false reporting that's come out. Like, it's really hard to trust things because some are saying... I heard a report that he went to Denver today to tour the Broncos facility. I'm Seriously? Like, I'm like, who the hell, where'd you get that news from? Um, that wasn't true. Uh, news that he, yeah, like you just said, he wants the GM fired, but other people I know he doesn't want the GM fired. So, to be honest with you, I think this is a not as bad as it seems kind of thing in terms of him wanting to leave. I think he's pushing them to make a move with love or give him an extension to commit to him because... He doesn't want to be that quarterback where he they wanted to take a pay cut and he's getting all these little maybe one-year deals. Like, they're not committing to him long-term. And then once he declines, as soon as he declines, they say, up, oh, see you later, Jordan Love, you're in. Right. He doesn't want that. He wants them to commit to him. So, I don't know if these reports are true that he literally he wants to leave. I don't buy it. I think he's using it to pressure the Packers to give him an extension. And I think he could leave if he wanted. Like, he would be at peace with it if he left. But I don't necessarily think he, he wants out. He, he refuses to go back. Well, that's the thing. He can – he's the type of guy – like, listen, obviously he loves football. It's his mm-hmm. – you know, it's his life. But he kind of feels like the guy – he has no problem dropping this right now. Yeah, he can walk away Like, if right he's now. serious right now, he can walk away, whatever, the, do Jeopardy. The money is not a money, problem. No. So, that's why even trading for him is tough. Because he's going to have to okay any trade. Yeah. Because, A, he can opt out of the season with the stupid COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Or he can threaten retirement. So, you're in a tough situation. I I think this relationship is, is torn. And I don't know if money and extensions and commitments is going to fix it. Just because, just because we've seen how the Packers operate. They don't spend money. They, they don't have an owner. Like, they don't have a set owner. Right. So they don't they don't spend the money. They, they don't spend take mo- risks. They, they spend money, but they don't go like crazy in free agency kind of a thing. Right, and they won't take any risks. They won't, you know, like look at look at the Buccaneers. They're very good at drafting and player development, and then right. they extend those homegrown players, but they don't go crazy but, in free agency. But Rogers is going to look over at the Buccaneers and he's going to say, "Well, they just acquired this guy to give him yeah. anything he wants." I mean, yes, he takes a pay cut, but he still gets whatever he wants. They back they backload all the money because. The Bucks don't care about being irrelevant in three years. When right. Brady retires, that'll be it. Yeah. These guys will be gone. They're going to be a terrible football team, but they are okay with taking that risk. And I feel like the Packers just are not okay with possibly, you know, mortgaging the future and going for it with Rodgers when in reality they should because, you know, you only got a few years left. Well, the Packers have poorly handled this situation from the start. We know this. Um Jordan Love was a good prospect. He wasn't something you go out and, you know, drop all your cards for and go get him. What the, do you know what they gave up for him to go to move up and get um, him? Um 
I don't believe they definitely didn't give up a first round pick. Uh, I think they would they move up like five yeah, spots. Yeah, nothing spots. crazy. Yeah. Maybe a couple later round picks that year. Um, but yeah, like I said, they they poorly handled this from the start. the The pick just didn't make sense to me. Pressure Rogers, he's old, but he's not Brady old. I could you could see a guy like him playing into his forties, no problem. I just I don't get the as soon as you made that pick, the clock started. You know what I mean? As soon as they made that pick, when's Roger gonna when's Rogers gonna leave? We thought it was gonna be this year because remember, he only threw like twenty five touchdowns and two picks, which yep. is like a down year for Aaron Rodgers, which is crazy. But it looked like he was declining a little, and then he just had the best year of his career. So I understand the Packers didn't see that coming, but even at the time we were like this pick doesn't make any sense. And now it's, oh my God, does this pick not make sense? The pick doesn't make sense. Okay. But I, I you can make the argument that it does. I mean, you just said it yourself. Like he's had a, you know, he had a bad year. I put that in quotations, like a bad year. But he is 37. He was 36 when they picked Love. Like, can you really blame a general manager for saying, listen, we like this guy. The coach likes him. The coach signs off on it. Like, we have to think about the future here. So I understand where he's frustrated. They don't get him any weapons, you know. They don't move up in the drafting draft a receiver. They don't. But like, I can understand the franchise wanting to make a move to maybe get their franchise quarterback. I can. They did the same thing with Rodgers. Like, I don't know. Like, you got to see it from both ways here. Like, yes, Rodgers has every right to be frustrated. But at the same time, like the the franchise has got to do what's best for them in the future. Yeah, I think surface level that's a good point. But for a team that lost in the NFC Championship the year before and came close so many times, I don't think it's necessarily the right time to start looking into the future and drafting a quarterback with your first round pick. And on top of that, they drafted the, the AJ Dillon pick was questionable too when well, they that already was, yeah, had that was terrible. Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. Now, A.J. Dillon looks like he's going to be a pretty solid running back. We'll see how he performs this year. He's still not going to be the, the the workhorse. Aaron Jones has been re-signed. Well, that's the thing. They re-signed Aaron Jones. If you told me they were letting Jones walk and they were going to bring back Williams for cheaper yeah, and have those two be the guys, okay, the pick yeah, makes but still, sense. I don't. I still don't get that because, like I said, you're a team that was one game away from the Super Bowl. Why are you drafting for next year or the next couple of years? You're in a win-now mode. You, at least you should be. Not all these guys. David Bakhtiari is getting up there in age. And he's coming off a bad and knee he, injury. Well, that, obviously that happened after the pick. But, yeah, he's getting up there in age. They already have had some offensive linemen who have left over the years, like Brian Balaga. Corey Lindsley just left in free agency. TJ Lang left a couple years ago. Like, this team is – they got some nice young pieces on defense, but – just like at, in any sport, the clock's ticking with this team. You're not going to be able to keep a great core of players together for years and years. No, if, and I don't. We speak about the draft. Like I don't, I don't love what they did this this year in the draft, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But I, I like their third round pick. I don't know much about their second, and I did not like their first round pick. The first round pick, Eric Stokes. The position made sense. The pick didn't to me. Yeah. Because the position made sense. People are saying, oh, you got to get weapons for Rodgers. Rodgers doesn't seem like he needs weapons. He threw 48 touchdowns and five picks, and they had, like, the number one offense in the NFL this year. I think they're good on weapons. Um, maybe not next year they'll need weapons because Alan Lazard and Valdez Scanling contracts are up. And we know they won't bring them back. No. Maybe <laughs> Lazard, but 
Valdez Scanling, I can't see that relationship uh, continuing. But like I said, the pick made sense in terms of team need. Yes. But the player, the guy wasn't. Listen, like we say, teams they scout, they fall in love with certain prospects. But according to most experts and teams around the league, he wasn't even the best corner from that school. Right. Tyson Campbell was the better Georgia corner, and he was the first pick taken in the second round. And he's Tyson Campbell's like a more big body corner. And you know who's also a big body corner? Kevin King. Hmm. So I get maybe why they did that. They don't want two of them. But my argument could be, well, you're just upgrading. You're making, you're getting a better Kevin King. Yeah. You know, a, a six foot plus corner that can get physical with receivers. And we know how the, the Kevin King story went. And there was a Sante Samuel Jr. who was there. He actually fell into the second round. And that's honestly who I thought the Jets were going to take. But really? Again, again we're going to get to that in a little bit. Uh, just really quick, I just wanted to – the whole Denver thing with Rodgers doesn't really make sense to me. Like, Why? Because I not, have a rebuttal they are for not, you. The, the roster really isn't fantastic. And the location – like, Rodgers is a California kid. Like, Denver, Colorado, it's freezing cold. Um, like I said, the team isn't that well. It just – it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. Like a, like a 49ers would – I didn't even see if the 49ers were on his list. They which were. They were? Yeah. Obviously, now that's probably off the table because yeah. of Trey Lance. But this news came out before the draft. So, the Raiders, I get more. Vegas. How how do better the roster? How do the Raiders keep getting on these lists of, you know, these star quarterbacks like Watson and Wilson? Like, how is this a destination? It's not like, yeah, Gruden's great, but it's not like they have star receivers and they don't have a great offensive line anymore. They're such a hard team to evaluate. Yeah, like you said, their offensive line got worse. Their defense is like bottom half of the league. Uh, The only great thing they have going for them is Darren Waller. And John Gruden, because I guess a lot of quarterbacks want to go play for him, but... John Gruden and Mike Mike Mack, though, as... uh, Drafting. Yeah, they've made some really questionable decisions. I don't get why they traded Trent Brown, to be honest with you. Yeah, I guess I get. Was it to save money? Didn't they sign him to a big contract? Yeah, and then they signed. Uh, I mean, then they drafted Alex Leatherwood to replace him, which was a reach and a half. They probably could have gotten him in the second round. You, they could have flip flopped their picks, and it would have made took sense. They took the safety, Trevon right? Mowry, yeah. and then Leatherwood in the second round. Yeah, I would have been like, oh, good. That makes sense. Yeah, good. A lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of scouts had Leatherwood though as a first round pick. So, kind of going back on that. But anyway, I want to argue a little bit here about the Broncos. I actually think it would work. Now, it would depend on what you're giving up. Because if you're giving up players and you're giving up picks, like, okay, like, you're going to kind of lose a little bit here. But they have the weapons. They have Sutton. They have Judy. I'm almost positive of forgetting somebody. They have Noah Fant. Like, I think it would work there. They got Vic Fangio, who's, you know, obviously he's older. He's probably on the hot seat, win now type thing. They have a great defense. Like I, th- I think that w- I think it would work. Good defense. Defense isn't as great as it used to be, and Von, it's not. But Von they just Miller added another the corner. Season. They just added another corner. Certain who I like. They added Kyle Fuller, so You're they got a good secondary. A load, not only a loaded division, a loaded conference. Right here in my notes, I have he better watch out what he wishes for because listen, you want to get moved to the Raiders, you want to get moved to the Broncos, you really want to play Patrick Mahomes twice a year, you really want to play the Chargers, are gonna the be Chargers twice a year, and Justin Herbert, they're going to be great. 
I just don't, I don't understand it. You can play the Lions, who are a dumpster fire. You can play the Vikings, who are an 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. You can play the Bears, who are a dumpster fire outside of two years with Trubisky. I mean, come on now. If he, Does if he, he really want to leave? If he comes to the – if they do end up trading him and he goes to one of those teams, he's in the AFC. The AFC is already loaded with quarterbacks, and now you add him to the mix. Yeah. Just think about how many great – Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Watson, Rod, like those Herbert. those five guys right there are probably top five of top like the five of the top seven. Yeah, maybe top eight if you want to throw Brady in there and say he's better than one of those guys. It, yeah, it'd be absolutely insane. I they they can't move him until June first. Really? I, I yeah, um, money cap. They could split the cap up. It yeah. wouldn't be as bad of a cap hit so okay. they would have to trade him after june 1st i don't know i like, don't think it makes gonna, sense i think aaron Rodgers will be a packer i understand sure. why somebody would say it i can't really see it happening just because it's yeah. just too difficult if the rams didn't get stafford that would be i'm sure at the top of his list that would be number one yeah but they don't want to trade they're not going to trade him if they do they're not going to trade him within the conference they're going to trade him to the afc and makes sense I'm going to say this. I think there's a better chance he retires than he gets traded. I'm going to say that. Seriously? Yeah. If he retires, that'll be a shame. Like, uh, that's another thing I don't buy. Why would he retire? See, I... Like, I know we said he could just walk away. I disagree with you. I think he can walk away. And it's not even... People keep bringing up this Jeopardy thing. He's not going to retire no, to do yeah, Jeopardy. Jeopardy thing is a little ridiculous. He's going to retire because he's, you know, fed up here and he have he's had to have had enough with the game so he's literally headed down the brett Favre career path like yeah. exactly like yeah. he'll retire and who knows maybe he'll come out of retirement i just think a tra- i think a trade for him would be pretty difficult that'll be such a weird thing though like the andrew luck retiring this the andrew luck was more shocking because he's young he was young um but the andrew luck retirement was like i couldn't wrap my head around it i was like so he's done like I remember where I was. I pulled over on the side of the road for 20 minutes. Andrew Luck could come out of retirement right now and throw 30-plus touchdowns. He'd be a top-10 quarterback. He's got all the talent in the world, that guy. I was thinking about before. Kind of random. Carson Wentz. I completely forgot, like, two days ago. He's on the... He's a Colt. (laughs) He's a Colt. I'm excited to see them play. So, Rodgers wants out. I don't think it'll happen. So, let's get to this NFL draft. It was very entertaining. Our New York teams... Both of our teams had very good drafts. Very good weekends. So let's start with the Jets. Jets get their guy. They take Zach Wilson. And then they make what I thought was the move of the first round. They trade back into the first round. Trade three third round picks and select Elijah Veritaka. They traded with the Vikings to 14 overall. They are helping out their quarterback. They are not going to go down the same path they did with Arnold, they're going to give Wilson every opportunity to succeed, and they get him somebody to protect him. Yeah, um, that was in the the pick itself and the trade. You got to remember, they only moved up. It was nine spots. It was from twenty three to fourteen. The Bears moved up from twenty to eleven with the Giants. So same amount of picks nine picks up but you say that's a little more because it's a more premium pick 11 is more premium than 14 but not by a lot three picks the bears had to give up a first round pick next year did they give up anything else yeah they gave up a fifth round pick 
in last week's draft, and then a fourth round pick also with, along with the first. So pick. a fifth, a fourth, and a first. Yeah, just for that one pick, and obviously twenty. Yeah, so that's that's, that's yeah. what I mean. Um, the Jets gave up two third round picks. That I think it was draft. a later round pick too. Two right? third round picks. No, then they got a first. Well, they got not not a first. The, the Vikings, Vikings first. 14th. Of course, they included their 23rd pick, and they got a later fourth-round pick, like later in the fourth round. So, only the the, the first-round picks cancel out, right? Right. Only having to give up two third-round picks to move up nine spots when the Bears had to give up next year's first and a fourth and a fifth. Yep. The trade alone was great. Joe Douglas has been building up a reputation for being a really good trader. He's, he's learned to get some... Really good uh, trades. Good value. Good value. That's what I meant. Thank I'm you. surprised, and I, I said this. I kept saying this. I'm very surprised because they didn't pick for a while. They pick, Their next pick after Elijah Moore in the second round was a fourth-round pick. I'm surprised he didn't trade back in the second I round. Was, I, thought I texted you. I yeah. said, I have a feeling the Jets are going to trade down because there were rumors all day that a bunch of teams wanted to jump up with the Jets, and I was like, you know, they can go a lot of different ways here, and they gave up two-thirds, so maybe they want to get some of that capital back. They want to get a third-round pick And back. they can draft. They, have, they can go a lot of ways. They can draft a tackle or a corner or a receiver or whatever they want. Even a tight end. The Jets have – I think that's a very underrated thing that people don't talk about. The Jets have a dire need at tight end. We'll get Chris Jordan, right? Uh, yeah. well, hopefully, hopefully they coach him up and, and turn him into what he looked like he was going to be his rookie year. Yeah, I, I think the Jets at that second-round pick, kind of almost like the Giants in 2020 where they had given up a couple picks to the Jets for Leonard Williams, and they had no but no picks in the third or, like, the fifth round. Yeah. And Gettleman said, I'm not going to move out of this pick. I'm going to move out of this pick unless Xavier McKinney was there and he somehow fell to the Giants right. and he took McKinney. But I, maybe that was the same situation with Elijah Moore. I don't know, though. Now, where do the Jets go from here? Because Crowder's got one year left on his contract. He's one of the best. Li- he's He hasn't declined. He's actually kind of he's on the incline. That's why this pick is confusing to me. I think just like the Giants, it's, you know, you, the Giants, we they had three receivers. You get a fourth one, and you can kind of use them all over the place. Elijah Moore's like a really good athlete. Yeah. He's a mismatcher anywhere you put him, besides maybe on the outside against you know a bigger corner. Um, but he's going to play a lot of the slot, and he's very similar to Crowder. Really, you know, similar in size. Really, Small, right? Yeah, he's five nine. Good hands. Really good route runner. He's quick at the line. Um, so maybe the Jets trade Crowder. Maybe they get picks for him. Maybe they try and trade him for a defensive back. We'll see what happens. Something that I think has to happen uh is i think they're gonna sign sherman really i think that's sherman it, it makes sense with the sala connection and he's talk he's praised the jets multi-year a this offseason a multi-year on talk shows deal? and everything i want to go more than like two years on him he's still a, a well above average corner he's not the lockdown prime richard sherman but he can still be a number no, one. he is low I get, tier number one corner on a team. I get that, but like, what's what would be the like? All right, you're a rebuilding team. You're obviously not planning on winning here in in the first, maybe even the second season. 
do you really think it's worth it to go out there and grab him? I mean, they have yeah, the if cap it's not, space. If it's not like a Tremaine Johnson where you give him a five-year contract, yeah. why not? You're going to have all your young players. Becton still will still be on his – I'm talking if they do like a two-year deal. Yeah. Becton's still on his con, a rookie contract. Quentin Williams is coming up on his fifth-year option. Zach Wilson's on his rookie contract. Vera Tucker. Like all your no, young core players are still on their rookie deal. The thing that they have to uh, discuss is they're already – have been rumors about it extending Marcus May. Are they had issues with the agent? They're going back and yeah. forth at the beginning. Which do I think Marcus May is, you know, going to be a a, a a Pro Bowler every year? Probably not. He's definitely a, an above average safety. But I think from a principal standpoint, they need to re-sign him, just because. When was the last time we even did re-sign one of our draft picks? You know, like we trade all, all of them away. He's a solid so, player, but like you gotta, you could go back to principal on this too. You didn't want to pay Jamal Adams what you know he wanted. Yeah, and it made sense. See, but Jamal to me, Marcus May serves in terms of defensive purpose and assignments has more of a purpose than Jamal Adams. Like strong safety is probably the least important position on defense, just because. You're not really helping out that much in the passing game. You're coming down, stopping the run, but we have linebackers for that. And You're the last yeah. line of defense. Corner is by far the most important defensive back position. Yeah. And then you That's... have, what would you say are the most important positions in football besides quarterback? I'd say left tackle. Left tackle. Defensive end. Defensive end. And then maybe like a middle line. But have you actually seen that they're kind of finding that linebacker is like the most overrated position in football? Which is I'd very say, surprising to me. Because they're like the quarterback of the defense. I'd say corner's next. Right? Yeah. I'd say corner's next. you got to have a lockdown corner. Yeah. But t- to me, when you think about all these great teams and Super Bowl champions, it's it always starts on, like we talk about, quarterback, obviously, and then offensive line and defensive line. Pass oh. rush and great block. You don't need a phenomenal middle linebacker. You just can't have a guy that's not no, making the, tackles. You, you have to tackle. Exactly. Like, I think it's pretty obvious. Yeah. If you're a good tackling team – you're gonna you're gonna be good, and again, defensive line. You're gonna see in my list, which is the our favorite picks of the first three rounds. You're gonna see how offensive, defensive line, like it just right. That's how you win. I mean, we watch the Super Bowl, and like I don't understand the Bengals here. Like they watch the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Patrick Mahomes is the the best quarterback maybe we've seen in a while, mm-hmm. and he couldn't do anything because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers brought pressure, and their two yeah. left and right tackles were out. Like, did, can they not see this? Like, this I'm glad, is... I'm glad you brought that up because that pick, if we were making, like, a worst picks of the draft in terms of what made sense, I would put that there. Jamar Chase is, no doubt, dynamite prospect. Like, he looks like he's going to be great. You have the connection with Burrow. So, the talent makes sense. Like you said, what doesn't make sense is the team need. You need to protect. You, Joe Burrow was getting killed last year. And he got he hurt. He was on pace to be sacked more than 50 times. He was like and Wentz. Not, and look what Wentz turned into in, in uh, Philadelphia. It let's was like not, a dumpster fire. Let's not act like the Bengals don't have weapons here. They drafted T. Higgins with the first pick Tyler in the Boyd's second round. very good number two Tyler receiver. Tyler Boyd's very, great. Very you want to tell me you need somebody? Draft somebody in no. the second or third round if, if need be. Do not, do not pick a wide receiver over... What is supposedly a generational left yeah. tackle here? They go Jonah Williams is going to be their left tackle. And blah, Jonah blah, blah. Williams hasn't been healthy since he entered the league. I don't even care if Jonah Williams is like a mediocre tackle. You have a generational talent in Penny Sewell that people are calling him to get at left tackle to protect your franchise quarterback. You get him. Yeah. And 
your franchise quarterback already got hurt. So how do we know this isn't going to turn into a chronic thing where now he's hurting the same thing all the time or he's just, you know, breaking down? That that doesn't just go away. Like, Dumpster it, fire. It, it's not like you just get hurt once and then, oh, let me just get sacked 50 times a year and I'll be fine. There's a reason why this is one of the worst franchises in all sports. Yeah. They just... Smarter heads should have prevailed here. I'm sure Joe Burrow went to them and said, oh, I, I, I love Jamar Chase. Jamar was great. We have a great connection. You need to make a big man decision you need to make you need to make a decision here you need to protect your quarterback for the next 10 years a can't miss generational talent at left tackle it which just, by the way is not that position is not easy to trade for no, at all because look everybody the locks Tunsil them up trade. yeah exactly and then they like look yeah exactly laramie Tunzel. laramie Tunzel. listen he's a great player some would say he's overpaid but it doesn't matter because he's a left tackle you're gonna yeah. pay these guys it's so hard to trade from. Nobody gives them up, even if you're a bad team. I'm just looking at their second round pick here. So they picked what did they trade down or they, they traded they down trade? with the Patriots. Yeah, they took Jackson Carmen, a guard, with the 14th pick in the second round. So you're still not getting. I heard he's a very raw prospect outside too. For, oh, and we know the Bengals have such great coaching history that they'll be able to build them up. You know. Listen, they they are they're losers of the draft to me, and, and it's 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 hard to do that with such a premium pick. But like we said, what makes sense for your team? It's not like all right. I was listening to Dave Gettleman speak the other day, and he was talking about offensive linemen. And the Giants you the Giants used three draft picks last year on offensive linemen. So I came into this draft thinking I think they should add one, and they didn't. And he right. said, "You need to you can't marry the need." You can't just go out there and draft somebody because it's a need, okay? This is a need, and not only did it match up with, you know, what every talent evaluator said, that this kid is phenomenal. You pick him at five, you're not reaching. If anything, he should have been a top three pick. He's that talented. It just makes no sense. See, I get what Gettleman's saying, but we're not talking about, like, the Bengals really need a strong safety or they really need a running back or a tight end. Like they need the most premium offensive position besides quarterback. No, I'm not. I'm, I, that I, I'm wasn't not like arguing with you. Saying I'm, like, I'm just, I'm not arguing. I'm saying just to bounce off that point, like they get them in the Tony pick. Okay. I can make sense out of that because they're, they're whatever their line isn't terrible they, they they drafted a tackle last year you have nate solder there they, they want to make that signing look good two like, more they don't have like a ridiculously glaring need right daniel jones didn't have the best protection last year at all but he wasn't getting like killed like joe burrow they was improved at the end bad. of the year but this was just such this was team need plus talent like this wasn't Oh, let's reach for the fifteenth ranked prospect and take him exactly. at five. This is oh, let's get the third or fourth ranked overall prospect and take him at five. Like, and guess what? He gets to protect our quarterback for ten years, like you said. And I just said like Joe Burrow was going to the Bengals. I don't know that for sure. If I was Joe Burrow, I'd be going to the Bengals, telling me, telling them, please get me this guy, yeah, to protect me for the next ten years. Yeah. I mean. Like, look at what the Jets did. Look at what the Jets did. Now, they, I mean, they drafted Beckton to protect Darnold last year, but, you know, didn't help because the rest of the line was crap. Yeah. Now they add Vera Tucker to try and protect their guy this year. They're setting him up perfectly. And listen, Burrow's no 21-year-old prospect 
that comes out of college. What is he? Is he 23? Maybe 24? I actually? think he's older than that. Because I know he was redshirted and he was he was a senior with the with the Tigers, right? LSU. Yeah, I, he. There's a he's chance 24 he's like, years old. He's 24. When's he gonna be 25? 24 years old. He'll turn 25 in December. So at the end of the season. Okay. So what do you try and keep this guy around for as long as possible? Yeah. <laughs> like you want him 10 years from now. He'll be in his 11th season, and he'll be 34 years old. That's not normal. Usually, you know, like a Sam Donald or Zach Wilson, guys like that that come out, they're 21. They'll be 31, which is still plenty of your prime. What do you want to keep this guy fresh there, and keep him around for a while? There's a reason why they don't win. They don't yeah. – nothing good happens right. to them. Let's move over to the other side of town here, even though we were with the Bengals. Let's go to the Giants. They trade down, like we said. They trade down to 20 with the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears trade up to 11. They trade a first-round pick next year, a fourth-round pick next year, and they swap first-rounders in the pass draft, and they also got a fifth-round pick. The Giants select Cardarius Tony from Florida, wide receiver. Listen, I, I like Tony a lot going into this draft. I really did. I mean, I, I thought he was easily the fourth-best receiver. I saw guys like Peter Schrager and other talent evaluators actually say that they liked him better than Devonta Smith, which I thought was kind of crazy because I like Devonta Smith, but a guy that got a lot of high praise. But my one of my favorite picks, and you'll see this, their second round pick, Aziz Azulari, edge rusher from Georgia, a guy that was mocked in the first round. I thought that was going to be the pick at twenty when they traded down, but I, I overall thought they had a very good draft. They filled a couple of needs and they took best player available at some spots here. It it, it was a like you said, great talent that you got at that pick. The thing that we've talked about this, and I didn't think it made sense for the Giants to pick a wide receiver. Right. So I'm not going to rip this pick apart as much as I would have if the Giants picked like Devontae Smith at 11, which still I wouldn't have like completely ripped them for because he's a great prospect and whatever. Um, but I think what helps them out here is the trade. Yellen made a great trade. The Bears, I heard, I believe it was was it Dan Orlovsky? No, it was uh, Bob Wischusen on ESPN Radio yeah. said, this Bears pick, it's going to be a, a, a top five pick. At the worst, it'll be a top ten pick. Pump Calm the down. brakes. They literally made the playoffs last year. I don't see why you would say that. And it's not like you'll be like, oh, but Andy Dalton's their quarterback. Oh, they went they went from Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky to now Andy Dalton. Then Justin Fields is probably going to play a little bit. Like, they have a great defense. They have good weapons, a solid line. Like, they're a good overall roster. I don't... I don't see them going 4-13 and 13 this year and, and being a top five I, pick. I was on the radio today, and one of the hosts was saying, oh, this is going to be – this could possibly be a top five pick, like yeah. he said. And I'm like, this is not going to be top five There pick. are a lot worse teams than this the This is going to be – It would have to turn to a like a complete dumpster fire. They, listen, they, they did get rid of their left tackle. I forget his name. They, get, they, they did get rid of their left tackle. Now, if you're telling me that Justin Fields is starting at the end of the season, fine. They still have a good defense. They still have Allen Robinson. Like I don't think this is going to be yeah. a, like you said a four and three. If you if you told they me they're like the seven Lions, and ten, they play the Lions twice a year. If you're telling me this team's seven and ten, picking like eleven, you know, ten, twelve around there. Yeah. Okay, sure, yeah. and that's fine. Pump the brakes on top five. That's that's not. I, I really don't see that happening. But no, neither do I. Not at all. We're just we're just looking at first round pick, right? We're not going to try and say oh project what the pick's going to be. You got a first round pick. I think it was a great trade, like I said, for the Giants, especially when we were comparing it to the Jets trade. And the value that they got for that pick was phenomenal. And 
if, if Justin Fields isn't the prospect there and it's another position, they probably don't get what they got because yeah. it's for a quarterback. So they have that leverage to use against the Bears, and that's probably what Gettleman did. So when the Eagles traded up, they actually called the Giants first. They called Gettleman. I heard that. And Gettleman, Howie Roseman asked Gettleman, he's like, well, do you want to make a trade within the division? And he said, talk to me. He's like, you know, let's let's try something. And nothing went anywhere. So did, was, was Gettleman under the impression that they were going to pick Fields, the Eagles? Or no. He, okay. I think this was after the corners were taking two. I, I don't know really exactly what happened, but still. Because when they traded up, we, we, we thought said, it might be Fields. Yeah, I'm guessing he still thought. I'm guessing it was either maybe the corner, but it had to be. He had to be thinking it was Smith because yeah. there was no reason. Well, Sertain and Horn were off the board, so. Yeah, but I don't think this call was made like. Oh, you're talking about before the draft, and then after the picks, they picked the phone back up. Yeah, like the phone was picked up maybe when Horn was picked. Well, I know. I think you said weren't the Giants already in negotiations with the Bears before the draft even started, and then when I think so, when Fields was still available and Smith was off the board, Dave Gettleman actually picked up the phone, didn't you? I'm almost positive that's the way it went. But, yeah, I mean, there's no way they got that trade done within, like, minutes, obviously. And there was reports a a couple of weeks ago that the Giants were looking to trade down. I'm sure these teams talk for months. Yeah. Just little checking up, hey. But Roseman called him during the draft. Right. That's what I I saw. Okay. That's what I read, that he he called him during the draft. So, Gettleman, like, people like, oh, the Eagles jumped him. Like, the, the Giants knew this was happening. Yeah. Like, the Giants knew the Eagles are trying to jump them. Right. And obviously, if he, if he was willing to call the Giants, he was going to call the Cowboys too. Yeah. And the Cowboys are ready to make a deal. You know, you know what we got to uh, talk about. What? We were right on the money. Number three, Trey Lance. Oh my God! Me yeah. and Michael were saying the whole time. I, we were. I was on the show last week. He was saying it too. Smoke screen, smoke screen. They are not taking Mac Jones at 49ers. Trey Lance. The pick made the most sense. They have Jimmy Garoppolo. You sit Trey Lance for a year. Maybe even you play him at the end of the season. However it goes. Um, and that's the way they went. I, I love the Trey Lance pick. I really do. I love Trey Lance. I think yeah. he is electric. I He can be. I said this a couple of days ago. If you told me he had a better career than any of these quarterbacks. I And I'm the big Lawrence guy. I think Lance has a chance to be like that. You guy. know what's really funny though? I've heard people say that about literally every single prospect. Yeah. First round pick, except Trevor Lawrence, because he's usually the one who gets all the hype. Like, there's no, that's no bold prediction to say Trevor Lawrence. I wouldn't. But I've heard people say Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, even Mac Jones. Like, oh, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a better career than all these guys. So, I, I think this is a very strong quarterback class. It's the strongest one since 2018, and we'll see how it plays out. 2018 so far, kind of. It's like balanced. You got two guys who are have are like superstars. Lamar Jackson won an MVP. Josh Allen almost did last year, and he looks like he's trajecting up still. Uh, Mayfield's like solid. I think he's going to take a big step this year, actually. He better think, take a big step. Not like MVP step, but like he had a good year last year. I think he's going to like double down on it and improve a little more. I would hope so. For and then sake. you have Rosen's like a – oh, my God, that guy's terrible. I and feel bad for him. I really don't. He had <laughs> Why? People keep saying that I feel bad for him. Like, you really think all these teams are idiots and are just like, oh, yeah, we're looking at his rookie numbers and, oh, he sucked. Like, 
they obviously know he's bad by what they see in the film and what they see at practice and maybe it even has to do with his attitude we know he's kind of a cocky guy coming out of college yeah um but yeah and then the last guy obviously sam Darnold has been bad but he's yeah jury's still out on him would be surprised if he turned out to be very surprised in that Lamar and Allen territory. Though. You know, I was, I'm a big Trey Lance guy. Have been since, I mean, the college football season started. Yeah. I think you know that. And I was, first of all, I was happy to see that they made the right decision because I was not for Mac Jones. It just felt, it didn't make sense. There was no upside there, you know? Yeah. The, the, no the value upside. of the pick, the scheme yeah. fit, like everything just didn't make sense. And I think, Kyle Shanahan, who's usually takes a, you know, who has dealt with quarterbacks or pocket passers, big guys that can't move. He gets a guy that is built, a little smaller uh, height-wise, but built, big arm, can move. I think it's going to be incredibly interesting to see. I also am interested to see what they do with Jimmy G. Do they start? I think they, I could see both ways because this kid hasn't played a lot. This kid's played the least snaps There's no way he starts week one. I don't think there's any way he starts week one, but I don't think you can sit him all year he hasn't played if you sit him all year he it wouldn't have had to play a game gone. if he starts the 2022 season that's his first start he will have not played a game since 2019 you think it might turn into uh like a dolphin situation from last year like two they put two in Maybe. and they take him out it depends how he plays but that, I, that situation was weird in miami it really I, was i could see that though i mean that makes sense you also have to remember something though like jimmy g like i think they're gonna start the year with jimmy g but unfortunately, this guy has just had so many injuries. Like, the chances that yeah, he goes he down week hurt. six, exactly. and then Lance is forced into a situation. So, they're going to keep him ready, obviously. Do they still have Nick Mullins? No, they let Nick Mullins go, I think. Really? Well, yeah. Beathard, I know, went to the Jaguars. Oh, maybe it was Beathard that they let go. I don't know if they still have Nick Mullins. I'll look it up but I don't I don't think they would do that. I think Shanahan will have his – I think Shanahan will have uh, – No, he's a free agent. He doesn't, he doesn't even have a team right now, Nick Mullins. Yeah. Either way, I think they'll have Lance ready to go. Yeah. And – I, I, I'm just really excited. And one thing, I was not a big Mac Jones guy, obviously. I think perfect situation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I want to get into perfect. that when we, uh, when we do our list. Actually. You want to do a list now? Sure. Let's do the list now. So this is the top five picks of the first three rounds. You want to start? Or you want me to start? Go ahead. Do the honors. All right. Number five. You're going to be shocked by this one, I think. Okay. Shock we me. are going to go shock me. Terrace Marshall. Terrace wow. Marshall. Yep, you're right on that one. Pick number 59 by the Carolina Panthers. Let's let me explain why. First of all, this guy's been overlooked by Jamar Chase. This guy's been he's a wide receiver from LSU. He's been overlooked by Jamar Chase. He's been overlooked by Justin Jefferson. But this guy's got some real raw talent, okay? That's first. Second, he's going to a situation with a young quarterback and two other established wide receivers, and he's going to get his chances. The lights just went out in the Mets game. There's two outs, top of the ninth. The man. Oh my God, are you kidding the me? The lights just went out at Bush Stadium. So anyway, oh my God, the way <laughs> everything is out. Yeah, what's that though? Well, the scoreboard. The score, oh my right, God, the, the score. Did the scoreboard just go out too? There we oh, go. There lights we are go. back. Uh, no, the scoreboard didn't go out. It was just the it was just like the lights. I haven't seen that in a sporting event in a while. What about no the uh, Super Bowl? Well, and, the Super Bowl, uh, yeah, yeah, that's like a, long a while ago. ago. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to number five. So Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall's also going to a situation where Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator. He's thirty years old. He was the quarterback coach at LSU. 
They know each other very well. I think it's a perfect situation for him. I think that's a solid pick, but I don't. I yeah, don't, I don't see the top five potential. Yeah, either. I think it could be. You got Sam Darnold there, who's a quarterback that's got to develop a little yeah. bit here. It's but, important. Yeah. All right, <laughs> uh, my number five. Your your boys. Uh, I got Aziz Olajuwon. Yeah. Number five. Really good pick. Really good value. Uh, if this was their first pick. Probably wouldn't have him on the list. No. Actually, definitely wouldn't have him on the list. But <laughs> he's a great prospect. One of the best, maybe the best edge prospects in my opinion. He was wasn't really, a really Wasn't a good. strong class. No, it was not a strong edge-wise class yet. Uh, really good pick value-wise, like we said. Makes sense with the team need. I would have liked to see the Giants take another lineman this draft. The whole they didn't so take did a I. lineman was, was tough to watch. I actually got in a... a, a terrible argument on tiktok actually because for some reason my entire for you page is <laughs> giants like 14 year old giants fans talking about making edits and oh we have so many weapons and we're gonna be so good joe my, judge to the hall of fame and blah, blah, blah. i don't know why <laughs> but i got in a long argument about them not taking a lineman anyways yeah pick makes sense need team you always need edge rushers right can't have enough of them so this will help out Leonard Williams, too, who had yeah. a great year last year because now you now add another threat. That's what I kind of like about the Jets' Carl Lawson signing. Anytime you add another edge rusher, it frees up those interior linemen to, to, to avoid the double teams and stuff like that. So that's my number five. My number four is this team had two first-round picks. This was their first one, I believe. I have to double-check double that. The Baltimore Ravens taking Rashad Bateman. That was their first one, yep. Loved this pick. Um, I'm a big Lamar Jackson fan and defender of him. The guys had pretty poor weapons. He's Mark Andrews is a great tight end, but Hollywood Brown's no number one receiver. Agreed. He's not even a number two receiver. The guys really had, like, he's not a complete receiver at all. Route running, he's, he's had problems with his hands. He's just very athletic. Um, but Bateman was a... Very, very good prospect, like we talked about, kind of that 1A, like right off that tier of your Devonta Smiths. And your, he was in like the same category as Kadarius Tone. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, team need, value of the pick, getting him that late in the first round makes a bunch of sense. Love I love, that pick. love Bateman, and I, I agree with you. I do love that pick. I don't have it on my list. Just missed it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. And I've been a Lamar Jackson hater, but he absolutely needs weapons because he has not had the wide receivers at all. He does. My number four was Aziz Azulari. I think we touched on it. They needed an edge rusher. He was one of the best in the class. And they actually had the number 42 pick in the second round. Yeah. And they traded down to 50 and got a third-round pick next year with the Dolphins. And they still picked him. It's like a, like a Denzel Mims thing with yeah. the Jets did last year. So that also adds to it right there. My number three pick is I think actually no okay my number three pick is Rashawn Slater to the Chargers I had something else but something else popped in my mind and it's actually number one I completely forgot it so Rashawn Slater is number two he fell into the Chargers laps number three number three sorry number three Rashawn Slater to the Chargers number three he was picked 13 the offensive tackle from Northwestern he was easily the second best offensive lineman in this draft and I didn't think there was any way he fell to the Giants at 11. And I didn't think there was any way he was going to fall to the Chargers. And he did. Listen, they're just helping out their young quarterback. They had needs on the offensive line. They added Corey Lindsley, the center from Green Bay, 
sign him to a nice contract, add a tackle here. I think they're doing a great job by their quarterback, trying to protect him for years to come. Okay, my number three, also going offensive line, Elijah Vera Tucker yep. is my number three pick. Um, this was – he was the – one of the most loved prospects by NFL GMs, NFL teams, scouts, whatever yep. you want to say. Getting him at 14 is great value. The the trade, also a great trade in general. Uh, like I said, they only had to give up two third-round picks compared to what the Bears had to give up. That's great. Build that wall for Zach Wilson. You know, right. it makes sense. Put him, put him on the left side with Mekhi Becton. Build the wall on the left side, the guy's blind side. Uh, also be able to get the run game going. They haven't been able to have a great run game. The Jets haven't had a 1,000-yard rusher since Chris Ivory. Wow. And I believe Chris Ivory was the first one also in, like, five years. So they've only had, like, <laughs> one in the past uh, decade. Wow. But, yeah, that, that pick makes a whole lot of sense. Guy has flexibility, too. He can play all four. I was about he to can say play that. All, all offensive line positions except center. So he's very flexible. He could be used in, in multiple ways. So that is my number three. My number two is my only quarterback on my list. I have Mac Jones to the Patriots at number two. Now, wow. not a gigantic Mac Jones fan, but getting him at 15 was great value for the Patriots. And this is the only team I saw Mac Jones going to where I was like a little scared. Because we know Bill Belichick and, and we know how Brady played. Are you scared? And they're they're similar, Mac Jones they're and Tom very Brady. Similar. They're similar in terms of you know uh, intangibles. They're and surgeons. Stuff like that. They're accurate. Yes. They throw people open. The now, arm isn't strong, but it's accurate. Yeah. Do I think Mac Jones is the next Tom Brady? No. Do I think this pick made a lot of sense and they didn't have to give up anything? Obviously, because he fell right to them in their lap. Uh, you know, just just great value for getting him there, and it makes a whole lot of ses- sense, team and scheme wise. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I, I don't know if I'd be scared yet, but I definitely think it has an opportunity That's just to be j- Jet fan scared. Like when the Patriots get anybody, Jared Stidham scared me for a second because I'm like. Belichick's just going to pull this guy out of his pocket and he's going to be a future Hall of Famer because that's just the way the Patriots, that would go. That's why they're and right. my painful life as a Jets fan. Obviously, I'm exaggerating that. I wasn't act, like genuinely terrified of Jared Stidham, but this does, I could see this working out. Yeah, okay. My number two here, Penai Sewell, offensive tackle, Oregon. He's picked number seven. Fell right into the Lions' lap. I mean... Again, one of the best players in this draft. Mm-hmm. And he falls to them right there. I thought there was no way they were passing him up. No. They Even though they have needs, he's the best player here. And again, like we said before, left tackle is the second most important position. So whatever, they want to protect Goff this year. And then their future quarterback, they got somebody right there. Number one, I don't know why I didn't write this down. Trey Lance. My so favorite you literally pick. just changed that on the fly right there. Well, not that I changed it on the fly. I completely forgot, like, oh, this is a pick I could put in. So, Trey Lance is my favorite pick. Like, I, just, I love Trey Lance. I think he's going to work in that offensive scheme. I think the weapons there they got are fine. And, again, good offensive line, good coaching. It'll work. And I just – I think he's big time. See, I like the Trey Lance pick, too. I thought it made sense, but putting him number one – Oh, my favorite pick of the draft. Trey, he was one of my... First of all, they had to give up three first-round picks to get him. 
I'm biased here. He's my favorite player in this draft. Okay. Um, my number one, you just said him, Penny Sewell to the Lions. This was an amazing pick. I mean, being able to get a tackle like this, like we said, such a premium position, getting him seventh overall, uh, the Lions should be – did I say the Bengals? I didn't, right? No, I'm you're just good. driving myself crazy. Okay. The Lions should be ecstatic. Um, now, the poor guy has to play in Detroit, so hopefully his career doesn't go up in flames, as a lot of guys do. But, like we said, team need – you need a left tackle – who are you protecting? Jared Goff. Me and you have been very vocal about why yeah. the hell wouldn't you even consider... Why would you consider Jared Goff as like your franchise quarterback? And I don't think they do, but you never know. It is the Lions. Uh, but yeah, number one, we thought... Remember when the mocks came out like right after the season? And first of all, we had... There was a lot of Sewell going two to the Jets because they yeah. thought they would keep Darnold. Um, Sewell going to the Bengals. Even some Sewell going to the Falcons and the Dolphins. So, those are four teams in the beginning of the draft that we thought were going to get Penny Sewell. And now they're all, they all didn't, obviously. And he just fell right into the lap. Not going to not gonna lie to you. Of the lines. Not going to lie to you. I think Jalen Waddle was one of my least favorite picks. Not a big Waddle guy. Really? They need, I, I think I, they I needed like a receiver, but. I probably and that's just me. Like I value offense and defensive line so much more than the average person. That team is good. Who the Dolphins? They are good. They had a good. They had that a good was, rest of the draft too. They I yeah, have to say they, they did. did. Like Jalen Phillips at nineteen was great. He scares the crap out of me though, Jalen. Yeah, Phillips. but there's so much like if he boom busts like he, if he booms, he's gonna be phenomenal. If he yeah, he's Mark gonna be phenomenal. Mark that down as a clip for this week yeah. again. If he booms. <laughs> if he no if he if really if he works out there and brian flores has got a good culture i think he can be legit he's got talent he's got top 10 talent now they just what's this know. kid's story he got hit by a car i don't know anything about him he's just that he's gotten he, roughed up this he's guy. also got off the field issues yeah. too that that's all i know he's had that's injuries a, he pulls it to, as a jet fan i actually don't hope he pulls you it don't together, hope he pulls but, it but from a, a humanity standpoint let's hope he pulls it together we're going to take a quick break here. Done with the list. We're going to get to some baseball. The Mets just lost in St. Louis, 6-5. to five. Uh, Going to talk about the Knicks and the Yankees had a really nice weekend. We'll be right back. The S&E Podcast Channel, the perfect channel for any style of podcast. We have all different pop culture style podcasts for all of your listening needs. If you would like to start a podcast, you can reach us at sndpodcast at gmail.com. We are always looking for new podcasts to add to our channel, and the topic could be anything you want. So contact us now. We are back. We're going to get to some baseball here. Save it or hate it is going to be baseball edition. There's a chance we have the same exact one, but that's why we do two of them. I, I really do think we have the Me same too. one, but we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. So the Mets just lost 6-5 to the Cardinals just now. It was a pretty good game. Uh, Lucchese was terrible. Gave up six runs in two and two-thirds. We're going to get to that in a minute. I want to get to this weekend series in Philadelphia. The Mets take two out of three. They lost the first one. James McCann on Friday, James McCann dropped a strikeout, which plated two runs, and they couldn't get anything done. The Mets offense up until that point had a 27-inning, like, where they scored two runs. 27 innings, two runs. 
That's good. And the bullpen was on a 19-inning scoreless streak, oh, of course, well, until they Saturday. Out, at least. They, yeah. So, take two out of three. The crazy game on Sunday night. Let's get to this. The ML, the ESPN broadcast for Major League Baseball is terrible. If you're ESPN, a team, ESPN everything is terrible. Yeah, I mean for the most part, they used to. I I liked Mike Tirico when he used to do the Monday night games. Loved Mike Tirico, Gruden. Gruden, those were good. Even Sean McDonough was fine. Now they got Joe Tessitore and like all these. Like, no, Tessitore's out. Steve Levy. Oh, Steve I don't Levy, even love no. Steve Levy. Jason Witten was awful, so bad. Yeah, oh my, put him they back need in to the stop football. hiring these former players and being. Not like, all okay, of them work. Just announce a game. No, but Dan Shulman was very very good, and he's, I lo- I, like I love Shulman. He does Blue Jay games. He's the Blue Jay guy, and. He does college basketball for ESPN. I don't know why they just... I mean, Matt Vaskersian, listen, I'm sure he does great. He's the Angels for Bailey Sports. He does their games, the Angels Sports, the Angels games. But him and A-Rod cannot do a nationally televised game. I actually really like Matt Vaskersian as, like, a play-by-play guy. I think he adds excitement when, like, in big moments and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, sounds like a girl but, screaming. But, but when the... <laughs> I mean, seriously, like the home run call with Hoskins last night that what ended up not being well, home yeah, run. He's screaming, he's... Santa Maria! Ah! I'm like, shut up! <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes he's like, what did he do? Oh, the, when the door hit the, maybe it's because it's a sensitive topic, but when the door hit that grand slam against the Yankees in the ALDS in like 2017, he was like, oh, swing and a drive! And yeah. I was like, holy, I was like, he's to change his pants? Like, relax. I've seen that clip. If I was a Yankee fan, I would have to turn the game boom right off. I can't oh, listen to this no, idiot nothing's scream. Nothing's more unbearable than all right. This is my impression. This is how John Sterling announces oh, Yankee. So, you know, when you listen to a Yankee game, it's because you know you're in the car, you're on your way home, you're working, whatever you're doing. So you want to put the Yankee game on, right? So we put on WFAN, and you get to hear the pleasure of John Sterling and Susan Waldman in the booth. <laughs> Uh, swinging a high fly ball, heading towards right field, and it is gone. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I thought that was a pop-up, but it's out. And then, oh, Susan, you know, he's a, like, he just goes on these, like, soliloquies, and he just goes on and on. Listen, he used to be great. I never heard him when he was, but it's time to go, buddy. It really is. Yeah, and, and it, it actually makes it even worse that he's not there. Like, he's watching it off of a monitor. Yeah. So he really has no clue what's going on. I mean, I tried to put on the blue, uh, the Oriole Yankee game uh, last week when uh, they lost in extras, and I had to turn it off because I had no clue what's going on. You don't know what on. the hell he's I going did, exactly. on. I'm like, I might as well just follow this and, on the MLB app. Like, listen, the guys, you gotta respect him. He's been around for a while. He's been doing it, whatever. But like, everything's like such like dry, like. I hate to say it, but like, it's like old people humor. I'm, he's like, oh, you remember, yeah, you were in 1983. <laughs> and I'm like, John, I don't care about 1983. Like, can you please tell me if that ball was... Sometimes he'll go silent. Or, or, yes! Or it'll be... You can't tell if it's fair or foul. He'll be like, and there's a fly ball to left field. Heading back as a left fielder, and it drifts into the seats... In foul territory in left field. So or it'll be the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And back, it's back. Uh, foul ball. Yeah. Oh, no, it's home run. Like, that's happened before. <laughs> back to the ESPN booth. We didn't even get to touch on A-Rod. A-Rod's an idiot. He is an idiot. <laughs> um, I can't. That man, like, my relationship with that dude is I, I hated him, then I loved him, and now I'm back to I can't stand him. 
Same. You know what I don't understand? Why? He has, like, the weirdest lisp I've ever heard in my life. You ever notice he goes, like... I'd have to listen to oh, it. Oh, the Texas Rangers. He, like, Rangers. Yes, I, yeah. yes, I actually do like, know exactly what? what you're talking about. And, and, um... We talked about this before. It was, like, 8... Was it 8-5 or 8-4? I'm almost and, positive it was 8-4. And, like, Matt Joyce was up or whatever was going on. And, like... They're just, you know, you know, like a stroll in the park. Oh, the Mets are going to tie the first place uh, in the NL East because uh, they're a game they're, and a half back. I'm the like, credits on the TV, like Nexus yeah, Sports like, Center. Like this is like coming it's up. 12 nothing, and let's wrap it up. Got, like, it's still a game. And that's when I knew right there that, nope, this game is yeah. not over. Yeah, they, and, then, and then five minutes later, Matt Fester goes, oh, home run. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Whatever. Like, he's just, oh, yeah. I just, I can't. The next game, May 30th. Put on mute. Brave. No, I'm going. Oh. I'm about to buy the tickets. I was going to say, I could just come over and watch a game with you and we can announce it. Yeah, you want, you want Yeah. I mean, I might as well just put the game on mute, grab my phone, put Howie Rose on WCBS well, 880. I mean, it's just... Is Jessica Mendoza still in the booth? No. She was bad, too. Even Boone. When Boone was in the ESPN booth before he was the Yankees <laughs> manager, like, I didn't like Dan... Was it Dan Shulman? Dan Shulman. Dan Shulman I liked. I like Dan Shulman. He has a good voice. I like Dan Shulman. He's not an idiot. But you know it's bad when I'd rather listen to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman announce a game. See, I'm a big Joe Buck fan. Yeah, I know you're a big Joe Buck fan. And when I listen to Honestly, that... Honestly, it's more Troy Aikman. I can't stand Troy Aikman. I can't stand Troy Aikman. But when I listen to crap like that with Matt Vasquez, I'm like, where is Joe Buck? I'm like, please. And Joe Buck's good. Listen, Joe Buck early in his career, and we got to get back to the Mets. Joe Buck early in his career, listen, there are some calls. Like, I was watching when Lawrence Tynes kicked the Giants into the Super Bowl in 2007 against the Packers. Yeah. That call's terrible. Yeah. But he's evolved, and he's really good, and he's good at baseball. He's better at baseball than he is in football, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Troy Aikman, you know Troy Aikman looks like a white Jay-Z, everybody. Yes, he does. He looks like white Jay-Z. He's literally got the same facial structures as Jay-Z. It's hilarious. And now that the Cowboys are, like, not as – haven't been as good, like, when, like, 2016, like, when they were going to the playoffs, he was, like, such a homer. Yeah. And he always was. But now, since they've been crap, he hasn't. So, it's kind of been easier. But anyway, back to the Mets. So, Luis Rojas has a bad weekend here. He puts Diaz in in a non-save situation up four yesterday um, against the Phillies. It was 8-4. There was no reason to use him back-to-back days. Absolutely not. And he's not good in non-save situations. He's just not. I mean, if the pressure's high, he's good. If you go back to his stats from August 2nd of last year, he had like a 1-0-2 ERA. A couple of blown saves, that's it. And putting him in that game in that situation really made no sense. And, you know, thank God for that railing in right field at Citizens Bank Park. Otherwise, I don't know if I'd be alive here today. I don't <laughs> I don't get, like you said, I just don't get it. Like, if the Mets had a off day today, okay, it makes more sense, right? There, He was going to have a rest day anyways. But not only did they not have an off day today, they're continuing their road trip and they had to fly to St. Louis. So, why wouldn't you want to keep your closer arrested? Why would you put him in back-to-back days in a non-save situation? And Jeremy Hefner, the pitching coach, knew he had back tightness. Oh. And he just didn't want to share that information? or I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know. I guess Rojas didn't care. But, like, it just makes no sense. The re- Trevor May had, like, a 10-pitch inning, and Trevor May's been phenomenal. He really has. Except for one appearance the first game in Philly, he's been really, really good. Lights out. And he pitched a scoreless eight. It was very quick. And his turn at bat was coming. 
and they got a man on, and they pinch hit May, and they put Walker up to bunt. Like, why not just hit May and let May finish it? Like, yeah. May pitched back-to-back days. Sunday was his second straight game. So you knew you weren't getting him t- tonight. Right. On Monday. So just back-to-back. Go ahead. Yeah. Finish. Please finish the game and have Familia or Diaz ready to go if it goes south. Yeah. Just. It's he- supposed to be the opposite. You're supposed to put a Trevor May or a Familia in. And then Edwin Diaz, if it goes south, yeah. in a non-safe situation. Not your closer, and then you warm up one of those guys if it goes bad. Yeah, he just he he's over-managing here, and it's been bad. Let's go to other guys that have been bad. The Mets have been playing the Phillies a lot. Yeah, they're 6-3 and three against the Phillies They've played year. nine games already? Yeah, they played wow. the NL East a lot. The only two NL East teams I didn't play were the Red Sox, three. Red Sox, Rockies, and Cubs. And they haven't really fared very well against them. Anyway. Francisco Lindor has been terrible. I think he's batting under 160 now. It's what? been he's that bad now. I'll pull it up. It's he's oh he's God. on 0 for 22 streak right now. It's been that bad. And I was watching um, MLB Network this morning, and Mark DeRosa, who's great by the way, I like Central, Mark DeRosa. Yeah, he does like these breakdowns, these Doctor Dero breakdowns on hitters that are struggling. He did it on Francisco Lindor today. It's a 10 minute video. I'll send it to you. Francisco Lindor's upper half of his body is not matching his lower half. So he's literally like swinging with his arms and sticking his ass out. Yeah. And there's just no power here. Right. And that's where you get all your power from. He's not a jack guy. He's not getting his power from his arms, really. Yeah, most of your power comes from your, your waist and your legs. You and you know, need to and, see and, it. and the motion of, you know, the torque of you keeping your foot planted. And, not yeah. timed. The foot's not planted. He's, and flying the hipster. And that's, that's like basic hitting. He's not doing the basic stuff, and it's been terrible to watch. And you can literally see it. I mean, you can, I, I can see it. I'm texting yeah. with my friend. I'm like, yeah, the, this is happening. And Dero breaks it down today. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty obvious. That's the worst one. They're all arms. It's all And he's swinging at pitches. He's sticking his ass out. He's swinging at pitches. He's going like this on outside pitches. Like, what are you doing with yeah. that, though? See, I think Glaber has the same problem. I see him doing the same thing where it looks like something's just a little awkward with his the front half and lower half of his body. They're just not like Timed matching up. up. Yeah. And listen, he's too good. Like he'll be like eventually he'll be fine, but like he's batting in the two hole. He came up with three situations today when, when they were runners on and he didn't do anything. Like that's got to stop. Why are they still batting him in the two that's hole? That's the problem. You can't bench what, him. Like an ego thing? You can't bench him. I you guess You already so. gave the guy $340 million. Like uh, what is he going to get his feelings hurt and say I'm not playing if but you he, don't put him they, they can't bench him because no, he needs to get out of this I'm not slump. saying you should bench him. But he should not be betting in the two-hole because there's so many opportunities. Maybe you give him a day off, really work with the hitting coach. I know they do that pregame, but really mm. work with the hitting coach, get his mind right. I think tomorrow's going to be a rest day for him. I think they're going to tell him, get your mind right, try and get something with the hitting coaches, and he's got to move down the lineup because Pete Alonso's been swinging a hot bat. I mean, he's been phenomenal. Right. He's driving the ball to right and left center, doubles, line drives. It's perfect. It's beautiful baseball to watch. Yeah. And then you got this guy trying to hit home runs, popping out. Literally, it's either a ground out or a pop out. He's not even striking out that much, Lindor. He's right, walking so, more than he's striking out. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I because don't know. that means he's not it's not like he's not seeing the ball because he'd be striking out. He's a lot early. He's, not, he's early though. So like I don't think he's seeing the ball right. Like, so not seeing the ball a lot of the times just has to do with the slump. But his mechanics being bad, like, I feel like that's more concerning. You know what I mean? His swings, like, he doesn't have the same swing that he usually does, you know? 
I think it's I think it's all I think it's all correctable. They just gotta I I, I don't know. Not like he's the guys not played in two he, years, you know. He had a great spring too. Like that's the thing. It's like how are you so bad right now? Maybe it's a pressure thing. I don't know. Uh, you never know. I hope not. The Mets will be getting Carlos Carrasco Carrasco back, hopefully in the second week of May. Lugo is set to come back, which is going to be absolutely huge because mm. he's their best reliever. He should be back in about a week. Mets and Yankees getting people back. Yeah, when's uh, Britain coming back? Britain's coming back in the next couple of weeks, and so is Luke Voigt. Good. I think Britain's coming back a little before Voigt. I gotta double check that, but they're both they both when they got hurt were set to come back like mid May, and that's what it looks like it's gonna happen. Yeah, but everybody's on track. Syndergaard's on track. Syndergaard. I don't think they're going to rush it. I think he'll be back in the middle of June, early July. Is he a free agent after he's a this free year? free agent after right? this year. So, he's going to hope to rush back. But I don't think they're going to rush him back at all. So, I hope not. Let's get to the New York Yankees. Oh, wait. Actually, yeah, let's get to this. The Mets. Have you ever heard of this Donnie Stevenson thing? Yeah, I don't know what the hell It's very confusing. About. So, Pete Alonzo and the guys, they've like came up with like this, I don't know, approach coach thing. I guess they were so tired of people saying, like, why aren't you hitting, why aren't you hitting? They hit the other night. They, they scored a bunch of runs. They're like, yeah, there's Donnie Stevenson. I, I don't know. Listen, if, if this made-up character is going to, you know, get them to hit, be my guest. Yeah, sure. Talk yeah. about Donnie Stevenson all you want. Yeah, then. really. I don't care. Just hit the ball and pitch. But anyway, Yankees take care of business over the weekend. They sweep the Tigers, who, wow, they are bad. They are terrible. They're bad. They are, like... Worse than some of the Orioles teams we've seen the past couple of years. Unbelievable. Kluber, Tyone, very promising starts. That That's huge. Yeah. Kluber's a great. I mean, I know it's people say it's the Tigers, but the guy went, he, he won AL pitcher of the, uh, player of the week. Good. He went like 14 and a third, 15 and a third, something like he that. He had that one nice earned, start against the Orioles, too. One, yeah, one run. He had, he had 10 Ks first time since September of 2018. He had a double-digit strikeout game. Against the Tigers. Um, yeah, really promising stuff. How about uh, DeGrom and Cole winning uh, yeah. pitchers of the month? Not surprising. No. Just guys Two doing best what, pitchers in baseball. Just doing what they got to do. That's it. DeGrom will pitch tomorrow, actually, against the Cardinals. Looking forward to that. It's his sixth start, I think. Kyle got shit. What? Yeah, he has one less than everybody. Really? Yeah. Oh, because of the rain outs yeah. and COVID and all that stuff. Yep. One less than everybody so far. Kyle Gashioka has got to be the starting catcher. I, think. I agree. Like, even if, listen, Gary Sanchez, I don't even know what his stats have been, like, if you go back the past 80 games. Like, you're wa- you're waiting for the home listen, run with him. If the pitchers are pitching well with Higashioka behind the plate, that's the guy. Listen, you know me. I, I have defended Gary Sanchez. Oh, my God. it's It feels like that's all I do. Um, But at last year, I reached a point where I was like, I'm done. Like, how many? How much more can I defend this guy when he's he batted 140 last year? And it's like, oh, my God, what am I watching? So, coming into the season, he had a decent spring. I was like, okay, you know, he changed stuff. Typical BS that they tell you before the season. I was like, hopefully he'll finally get it together. Um, and he hasn't. And it's a shame because, I don't know, I, I really think we know that guy has so much talent at the plate he's obviously got mental problems and you know he's he's just like in his own head and he can't get out of it so it's a shame but yeah Higashioka not only the pitchers pitch way better with him uh he's a good defender nothing crazy 
and he's he, hitting. He's hitting. Yeah. So, I was, he, so he's he's definitely holding his own at the plate. And the again, listen, the Yankees have enough offensive firepower here. They can take the L if even if Higashioka wasn't hitting the defense and the way he. Um, calls a game with the pitching staff. He's, I mean, that's important. He was already Cole's personal catcher. Yeah. So it, it just it makes sense here to leave him there. And again, Kluber, that's a really promising start because they they need to get him going here if they're gonna if they're gonna really um do something here. Hopefully, the, hopefully the, they're, they're, back, add a they're back to five hundred, and hopefully this is uh the way the Yankees played against the Tigers and the Orioles, which are are, are no you know tough opponents. But hopefully, this is a sign that whatever crap we had to deal with at the beginning of the season, what this team had going on, is behind us. They are first in the MLB in home runs, and they're like 22nd in runs. So that just shows the the lack of situational hitting and hitting with runners on base that they've had. Which That's just like a crazy stat to me. But in a way, that's kind of promising because they're still hitting home runs. So, you know, that's, that's not going to stay the same way the whole year. It can't. Right. They'll yeah they'll they'll be fine. DJ hasn't really gotten going. No, not no. at all. But Stanton's hot nine game hitting streak, and he's hitting the ball. He hits the ball so hard. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because Stanton's hot nine. The Yankees don't believe in hot, and the the analytics department don't believe in hot. John Carlos Stanton is perfectly fine right now. Knock on wood. Um, and he's smacking the crap out of the ball. And what did they do uh, yesterday? They rested him. Yep. And guess what happened? They put up two runs. They still won because the uh, Kluber pitched great and they were playing the Tigers. They put up two runs because apparently being hot isn't a thing to the end. It's more important to, to rest the guy and make sure and he doesn't I, get hurt. I heard an interview on WFAM with Aaron Boone, and he literally said the same thing. He said, we don't believe in hot and cold. How can you be a former baseball – listen, I played – J, you know, like travel in a little bit of high school baseball, and I know that I've been hot plenty of times playing baseball, and I've been cold plenty of times. It's a thing. You, you it's confidence. You're, you're seeing the ball better. You have your mechanics are just right. How can you say that as a former major league player and be like, oh, we don't believe in hot and cold? You literally played the game. He's been hot before. He knows. He knows what it feels like, and it's it's just. Listen, that Cashman. So everybody's Randy saying. Randy Rosarena wasn't hot last year during the playoffs. What happened? He was just <laughs> oh, it was coincidence. The ball was so perfectly placed where he would swing every time. <laughs> I, I How don't, can you say that? That's probably where, what they freaking tell him to say. That's where the analytics. Play. There's no feel. There's no human element to the game there. Like I said, analytics are a tool, not a bible. Stop putting everything on analytics. Everything needs to be analytical. Use it when you need to. Yeah. Right? I yeah, I completely agree with you. They they sit judge too when he's a little sore and And why can't John Carl Stanton play left field? <laughs> he's a he's a good he's at least an average defensive outfield. He's a, a slightly above average defensive left fielder. And they refuse to he's strictly a DH now. Now you would be like, oh, because he's had injury history and you know, he they want to keep him rested or whatever. No. To me, that's counterproductive because wouldn't you want a guy keeping his legs loose, running around the outfield, you know, not killing himself, He's diving so for every ball, I mean, but, like... but going up to the plate, then sprinting 90 feet, you know, you're probably tight, your hamstrings tighten up or whatever, and then getting back on the dugout, in in the dugout, like, I don't know. I, I, would, I wouldn't I would put him in left field every day, but I would 
stretch him out and stuff. J.D. Martinez, who is not a good defensive left fielder at all, played last week. He played on Sunday mm-hmm. to get ready for the game against the Mets. Tuesday, Wednesday, he played in left field. Yeah. And he's strictly a DH. And he's a terrible defender. He's awful. He's god-awful. The Mets tried to run on him a couple of times. They, of course, they got thrown out. But um, anyway, we going on Wednesday. Astros-Yankees. Mm. Three games set here. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to see what I don't think anything's gonna happen. I don't, you know, like it's no. enough. Enough time has passed. There's not oh, enough no, people. Oh no, they're they're gonna they're gonna I, boo the crap. They're gonna boo the crap. They're gonna heckle the crap. But it wouldn't have been like what it would have 100. percent Probably not. Well, yeah, obviously the fact that there's not gonna be 100 percent capacity, but I still think they're gonna they're gonna like give them a hug. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we'll see if we're there. Dustin May, young pitcher for the Dodgers. Throwing 100 miles an hour. Looked very good. He's out for this season and most likely most of next season, which sucks with a torn UCL. He needs Tommy John surgery. And Luis Robert, outfielder for the White Sox. He's going to be out 12 to 6 weeks with a torn hip flexor. Rough news there. Strikeouts up in a major way in the first month. And the offensive numbers for everybody yeah. are down big time. Except Mike Trout, who's off to an historic well, start. He's like an anomaly. He's fantastic. The Dustin May injury is terrible. Guy's young, has all the talent in the world. He's really his stuff is nasty, and it's even more unfortunate because he's on my fantasy team. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, that's that's a brutal blow for the Dodgers. They they can withstand that though. They have the obviously we know how great their pitching and their whole roster they is. Got a lot of depth. And Luis Roberts also a a bad injury on you. Young player, a lot of potential, having a good season so far. His power numbers weren't there, but he was batting in the 300s and he's just an explosive player speed glove five tools yeah everything hopefully he'll be back august september hopefully they're making a playoff run let's switch over to basketball quick the new york knickerbockers three straight after their first loss to the suns a week ago Mm -hmm. they have a new little winning streak here they beat memphis tonight 118 104 hey listen they're 37 and 28 they got the four seed they're going to start a really tough stretch here against the Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, and Suns. Not in any order there. So, hope, listen, they needed this one. And now, oh, if they go 2-2, two and two, I think I'd, I'd be very yeah. impressed if they go 2-2 two and two over the next four games. Right now, they're a, game, they're a game and a half up on the Hawks. Good. Then you got, there's not really much of a competition for that, that last play-in spot. It looks like the Wizards are going to get it. The, the, well, I shouldn't say the Raptors and the Bulls are are three and three and a half games back, so it's still up in the air. But um, do you see what LeBron said about yeah, the playing thing? I have that there. He really, he's he was he one of my favorite call. players. He's losing me here with a lot of other things, but this included. I mean, he's just does does, does he ever shut up about anything? Does this guy know how to not Why complain? Why do you have to say it like that too? Oh, whoever did that needs to be fired. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, good. who are you? He has too much power. That's what I don't like about Adam Silver and everything. Like, I've complained about the MLB and they, they don't market their players enough. The NBA markets their players well, but they give the – it's a player's league. Like, yeah. the players run everything. You can't go once on ESPN without seeing LeBron, you know. It, it, it's – it's, it's just like, and you create these divas like we've seen him with Kyrie Irving. He, he takes off whenever he wants. And who knows what the hell that guy's got going on in his life right now. The Knicks are actually two games up on the Hawks with the win tonight. 
this did the hawks just lose oh it didn't, didn't update, update. yeah it didn't update okay so I, I guess because right now it didn't update and they're a game and a half up so i think it's yeah. two games so that's You're big right. the knicks here listen they're gonna play a really tough stretch they're gonna play the one seed the three seed the four seed and then the seven seed lakers who are really not the seven seed even though they're struggling right now they have lebron and ad back like we just mentioned so listen two and two for, for that run out west, I think that would be really, really good for the Knicks. And the Nets, they lose a tough one yesterday, in uh, Sunday night, in Milwaukee. Giannis scored 49, I think. Wow. And that's the problem with this team. Like, obviously, they can score. And I'm not, like, concerned about them, like, not being able to, you know, beat the Bucks or the 76ers. But, like, going into the series, it's known. Embiid's going to drop 40, and so is... So is Giannis every night because there's nobody to guard those two. Yeah. Now, when you get to the finals, and if it's the Lakers in the finals, they're going to have issues guarding LeBron and AD. Yeah. But right now, like they, they will not be able to defend Embiid, and they can't defend Giannis, and it was proven last night. Uh, just really quick, I was looking at the schedules. The Hawks have a pretty easy schedule. Um, from now, they, they get to play the, the Wizards twice, actually. And they get to play the Magic and the Rockets all at home. Wow. But they do play the Suns at home, and then they play the Pacers on the road. So that Suns game is a tough game. And that Pacers game, any game on the road in the NBA is tough. And the Pacers are 30 and 34, so they're they're a solid team. Um, The Heat, do you know the Heat are actually tied with the Hawks now? They've made like a little resurgence lately. They've, yeah, they've been playing some good basketball. You want to talk about tough schedules. Look no further. They got Mavericks and Timberwolves. Okay, that's easy. From then, at Celtics, at Celtics versus Sixers at Bucks. Yeah, and that's rough. At the Pistons. That's 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 a tough four games right there. Very similar to what the Knicks have. Knicks a right little now. tougher. Knicks is tougher because everything's on the road. Yeah, the Celtics are also not. I mean, the Celtics are gonna make the playoffs, but not very good. No, and they're, they're really not. not very good this year. They're not. I'm and I'm shocked by that. I'm yeah. absolutely shocked. Yeah. All right, save it or hate it time. Save it or hate it time. You want me to go first? Yeah. I want to see. Say the one that you thought we both had. Okay. I really want to. I mean, we we just touched on it. Yeah. All right. So, like the Yankees did, they rest Stanton. No. Wow. Okay, it's not. All right. So, they rest Stanton. They rest Judge, you know, all the time. And I want to know how you feel. What if they end the season 130 140 games no il stint just rest you know every couple weeks here i mean i understand giving a guy a rest day maybe oh, yeah. once or twice a month but i completely hate it i think i just made it clear yeah. the, the the resting thing that i can't get over that that they don't believe in the high <laughs> i mean how do you play the game of baseball and you don't believe in hot you were literally a hitter but I hate it. It's so freaking frustrating. And you know what's the worst thing? It's worse with Judge because Judge has gotten hurt so many times. And so what they'll do, they did this the other, like, last week. They took Judge out in, like, a blowout. Then didn't start him the next day. So now we're like, okay, did he get hurt? And they, yeah, they pulled him out. Then they didn't start him the next day. And then they finally played him. So he missed two two games. Um, and Aaron, Aaron Boone said, nothing's wrong with judge. We just, we thought he looked a little tired. Soft. I'm sorry, but like, we're talking about baseball here. Okay. 
the guy's not playing soccer and running up and down the field for 90 minutes or, you know, he's playing basketball, running up and down the court, playing football, getting knocked on his butt every single play. Like, baseball's, you know, you, you have to be physically fit and run around, but it, it's not the physically enduring sport that those sports that I just said are. Like, you feel tired, so you have to miss two and a half games? Come on. They're soft. That's what they are. And, again, the standing thing. I don't thing, even think they are soft. I think the analytics people are soft. No, that's what I mean. I'm yeah. just saying the team in general, they're soft. Yeah. And, and again, like you said, Stanton play, Stanton being hot and them resting him and not saying they believe in it, it's garbage. And I, and I That's such a lousy excuse. Yeah. Oh, I my just, God. And I, would, I, really I would be upset. That, I, really I would be hope, upset by that. I hope that. that is an excuse and that's not an actual belief that they don't believe in hot. Come on. All right. My save or hate it that I thought that you were going to also have. This ties into last night's Met game. Oh, no. That's why I thought it was going to be yeah. safe. Now, this is not possible. Maybe it's possible, but no. Realistically, it's not possible. I'm just talking in a hypothetical world. Universal ballpark dimensions. Ooh. So every field, the walls are the same height, the same distance. I that. hate it. I think that there's something to it being a pitcher's ballpark. It's something to it being a hitter's ballpark. So I don't like that. I think like that play last night in Philly, like that's terrible. Yeah. That that part of the wall is not like listen, it benefited my team, but I I would be so pissed if I was a Phillies fan. That makes no sense and they should take that little railing down. But I would say no to that just because I mean, teams will sign guys, you know, based on yeah. their their ballpark dimension. Like I do think there are some terrible dimensions. Like when they first opened City Field up, it was terrible. They've moved the walls in a countless amount of times now. But I'm going to hate that. See, I also hate it. I like the uniqueness of the parks yeah. and it adds personality. Um, what I wanted to kind of go off of this, though, was there needs to be like a universal ballpark like rule with these teams that have this. At some stadiums, I believe Bush Stadium, the, where the Cardinals play, there's like a sign above the wall. If it hits that, it's a home run. Mm -hmm. So last night when Hoskins hit that, I when I saw it hit the railing, I was like, that's a home run. Like, that's not part of the wall. Like, I was like, there's no way a metal railing is part of that padded wall. Turns out it is. Um, so there needs to be some sort of change. There was no yellow line, too. Yeah, that like I just like said, how man. do you have the railing as the thing and you don't I I, I get that it's not gonna look nice if the railing's yellow but then don't make it part of the thing why do you need to have a railing there maybe because they want to squeeze everybody into the ballpark so they need railing, every cubic feet no but how is that rail like what is the point of that railing like that's what I want to know keep people from falling over I guess <sighs> I don't know man I when I saw that. When I saw the replay, I'm like, that's a home run. It clearly goes over the wall. Why don't you just make the wall a little higher? Yeah, What exactly. the hell's the difference? I don't I don't know. I, I, listen, I hate the Phillies. I hate their fans. I was like, if, if I was a Philly fan last night, I would have been so upset. Oh, yeah. Because, like, it wasn't the wrong call. No. And, like, I had a bad taste in my mouth as a Mets fan last night. Like, oh, my that God. That was, like, an ugly win. It was yeah, an ugly exactly. win. But at the same time, it's like, that wasn't a home run. So, no. I shouldn't feel bad, but I do because, you know. Diaz looked like crap. So, Yankees, three games set here with the Astros coming up. The Knicks with their West Coast road trip. And the Nets, they have another game with the Bucks tomorrow night. That'll be interesting to watch. And the Mets continue their four-game set 
with the Cardinals in St. Louis. Good show today. Very good show. A little lengthy, but it was good. We got a lot done, a lot said. You sure you don't want to give me another extra five minutes to do a NASCAR segment? Nope. We are definitely going to there. I don't know. I think the people would want to hear that. We will talk to you guys next week. Thank you for coming.